It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I got Kara Levin's very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. How you feeling, Reg? Feeling good, man. Hey, we got some new, oh, some Woo! new wolves in town. Be talking to them today. That'll be on Kara Levin this evening. Got to check that out for sure. Going to be a fun one today on this show. We're talking some twins plus deep dive into who's got the most talent in the secondary in the NFC North later. Putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. So let's talk about those twins, shall we? That's what you call a statement game right there. 11 to 1, never a doubt, easy game. Lock it up, World Series champs, Minnesota Twins. It's always sunny in Cleveland. (laughs) Sonny Gray putting on just a master class last night, maybe his best outing of the year, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Seven shutout innings, three hits, three Ks. And on the other side, the Twins' bats were in fuego. Gary Sanchez, four RBIs, a bomb shot. Gio Urshela, Nick Gordon, Carlos Correa, each knocked in two runs as well. Alex Kurloff, three for three. The bottom of the order was on one last night. Reggie, what if I were to tell you before the game, Byron Buxton and Luis Arise would go a combined 0 for 7 at the plate. You'd probably say, like, all right, they probably don't score more than two, three runs at most. Nope. 11 runs in all. Twins crush Cleveland. Start this five-game series out on a beauty of a note. Extend the division lead to three games now. Reggie, more impressive for you last night, the Twins hitting or the pitching? That's a good question, Luke underscore Spinman. So I think, all right, so I'll give a a little bit of a two-prong answer here. Mm -hmm. The, The hitting you mentioned, 0 for 8. With two of the best hitters on the team, the best hitter on the team with Luisa Rice, mm-hmm. and you overcome that and still score 11 runs. I think that is what we've been talking about on this show, man. Mm-hmm. Like, when the bats are on, they are on. And it's so great for the Twins to get production from guys that, that you know, maybe you don't normally count on to get you some runs and some hits. And, you know, you got guys like Gary Sanchez producing, Urshela. You got Kirilov in there producing. You know, you got home run. Nick Gordon hit a two-run home run. Another one. Like, what's going on? Like, just a power surge from my guy. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Carlos Correa got in on the fun. Mm -hmm. Like, this team is having some fun right now. And it's so interesting looking at how last week went when they played the – what was I almost called them the Indians. When they played the Guardians and – you know, took two of three from them. Those mm-hmm. gut-wrenching losses, mm-hmm. you know, the bullpen blew it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of crazy to see the the turnaround. It was just like the the Guardians ended up going against the Twins and, and really putting their best foot forward against them. And then it was like they expended all of the effort that they had. And now all of a sudden they're getting beat up on again. And you're just like, well, all right. You know, and with this five-game series coming up, uh, one of those having been played to today, mm-hmm. 
it is a great opportunity, you know, to leave this series four or five games up in the division on them. And that is impressive when you talk about what the bats were able to do last night. Now, going on to the other side, you asked me which one was more impressive, the hitting or the pitching. When they traded for Sonny Gray, they needed a stabilizing presence Mm -hmm. in that rotation, someone who could be a pro, someone who could come in and do their job, get them some strong – eat up some innings, get them some strong outings, and put them in positions to win. Sonny Gray has been that and some. Mm-hmm. This dude has been lights out. He's the he's the consummate professional. Comes in, does his job. You know, there are some games that he has where, you know, he may struggle a little bit. But, like, I think, especially over the last several years, what you've seen from Sonny Gray is if he's healthy, he's going to give you a quality outing every time. He's going to be out there battling. You know, even if he gives us some hits, some runs, he's going to battle his way out of it. And that's the type of pitcher that the Twins need at this point in their season. They need a guy who could come in and do what Sonny Gray does. Just a stabilizing presence in that rotation. And he's battled a couple injuries, hit the injury list a couple times. But when he is on the field and not battling through those injuries, he is lights out. Last night, like you said, probably one of the better performances that he's had this season. And that's exactly why the Twins brought him here. 2-1-7 ERA. Incredible. record now, man. I told you, we should have bet on it, man. We should have bet on it. Hey, you can <laughs> bet on it. Don't make the same mistake we did with Bet Online. Bet Online, number one source for all your betting needs. Get all the latest stats, news, and info on Bet Online. Check out BetOnline.com today. That's BetOnline.com. Okay, so we're about three months into the season, and mm-hmm. if you had to vote on a team MVP, it'd probably look something like this. Luis Arise, Byron Buxton, 1-1-A. Pretty interchangeable, depending on who you're talking to, what day of the week it is. Johan Duran should be right behind him, in my opinion. Joe Ryan, before he caught that COVID bug, was in the discussion. I bring it up because when asked who their favorite player to watch was, Ichiro Suzuki and Rod Carew, you know, mm-hmm. only two of the best hitters of baseball history. I mean, yeah, no. no big deal. Said Luis Arise was their favorite player to watch right wow. now in the MLB in a new article up on ESPN. Go check that out. Insanely high praise. Wow. We know Arise is one of the best hitters in baseball, hitting 345. Thoughts on Ichiro and Carew naming Arise as their favorite player right now? And also, your Twins MVP voting, what would that look like as we sit here today, about three months into the season? So to answer your first question, how mm-hmm. cool is that, man? So cool. How cool is that? Two of the best hitters to do it, mm-hmm. saying that about like I'd be beaming. I'd be like, I ain't going over four again. Like this, <laughs> right. this, I, this is it for me. Like mm-hmm. they they got confidence in me. I'm about to hit these baseballs, okay? You know, I think he's been a pleasant surprise. I don't know if anybody really expected this from Luis Arise this season, but he's just been coming through and He's not just one of those guys who hits for power. Mm-hmm. You know, he hits for contact. And, you know, just several times this season, they've gone out of the park hitting mm-hmm. for contact. And mm-hmm. I think what's been cool about it is he doesn't seem to be pressing out there. And even when he has a day like he had last night, he comes back and bounces back with a better performance. And so what you've seen from him is just a guy who's consistent this season and who should be uh, the top vote-getter for all-star consideration Mm -hmm. from the Twins this season. I think that's a really cool, cool thing when you have guys like Ichiro and Carew, like, 
complimenting you like that. But what's crazy is it's like they're just they're just the voice of us right now. Like Luisa Rise is some of everybody's favorite player right now. Like he has the MLB on notice. Like people around the league are just like, this dude is fun. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's like the the quintessential guy to get a get behind because he has fun out there. He's hitting the ball all over the field. And he's just an exciting player to watch. And I think that type of excitement is palpable. And we've seen it just kind of grow like wildfire. In regards to your second question, when you talk about vote getters and and people who should be considered for all-star considerations Mm -hmm. with the twins, I think you go a rise one, Buxton two. And even with what he's been through this season, I think you go Correa three. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been heating up, man. Yeah, yeah he, he's right at 300 batting average, eight home runs this season, you know, 26 RBI, 30 runs, OBP of 354. He's slugging 471, 825 OPS. Like, I'm just throwing all these numbers out here. Mm-hmm. But he has 63 hits this year. And I think at first people were like, man, he's kind of slow to come on. Like, dang, were they – were they all right giving mm-hmm. him that deal? Like, was this a was this a mistake? And he's just like, look, take this for your mistakes, okay? I'm Carlos Correa. You you know what did Kevin Durant say? You know who I am. Yeah. You know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. He's like, well, I'm Carlos Correa. You know who I am. <laughs> and so I think when it comes down to to All Star votes, I don't know if Correa, you know, with the time that he's missed. I don't know if he'll get in. Maybe he'll get in as an alternate or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think guys who should be locks are Arise and Buxton. Fun to see Correa start to heat up. Actually, just mm-hmm. been on fire, really, the last two, three weeks. Back to Luis Arise. So cool to finally get the national recognition now that Rod Carew and Ichiro have spoken out. And when asked, Rocco said about Luis Arise, first of all, had a laundry list to say about Luis Arise, but mm-hmm. talked about how impressive it was in, in such a slugfest league. It's all about the long ball and the home run. Mm-hmm. How he has just stayed so patient and so true to himself and his swing yeah. playing for contact. Now, again, like you said, some of them have gone out of the park, which is great, but yeah. he hasn't changed and kind of molded his game to the current landscape of the MLB, trying to go for the long ball. He's staying true to his roots and who he is as a hitter, and obviously it's paid off big time. Twins may be catching the Guardians at the perfect time. They are reeling right now. Knock on wood, they've lost five in a row. Remember, they went to Boston, got swept, maybe getting in their head a little bit. Twins have won three straight, doubleheader today in Cleveland, Smelter and Winder on the mound, respectively, first game 12-10 p.m., followed by 6-10 p.m. for that second game. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back here tomorrow to break it all down for you. First game today, by the way, on ESPN+. Plus. So if you're like me without cable, always trying to find where to check out some of the game, check out ESPN Plus today. All right, to football we go. 75 days now until week one of the <laughs> NFL season kicks off. And PFF ranked all 32 teams secondaries yesterday. Vikings landing at number 18, about middle of the pack. Here's what it boils down to according to the article. Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson, two aging vets who, hey, in their prime, Pro Bowl studs year in and year out. No one is expecting that kind of production or level of play anymore. But just what exactly are we supposed to expect now that they're getting a little long in the tooth? Like, what's the ceiling? What's the floor look like? I mean, if they were both A's in their prime, maybe A pluses even, can we still expect B's out of them? Maybe B plus? Or 
are they at that point in their career where they got all the football smarts and the instincts, they understand the game, the nuances, something you can't put a price on, but because of their lack of physical prowess now, don't have the same juice in their legs as they once did. Are they just kind of C-level players? Like, not great, not bad, just average, maybe slightly above average starters. You can count on not to give up the big play, keep everything in front of them, but they won't be making SportsCenter top 10 with the razzle-dazzle anymore. Yeah, what's interesting is, you know, if you thought about that last year with Harrison Smith, Mm -hmm. you were quickly to think otherwise Mm -hmm. because I think what Harrison Smith has shown – And, you know, it remains to be seen. We haven't seen him in training camp and we haven't seen him in games this season. But from everything that we saw last year, he's still him. He's still that dude. He's still that dude. And Patrick Peterson, I think what's interesting is, is I think he's kind of growing into his new self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's not the guy who, you know, is just a burner anymore athletically. But he's still a guy that can go out there and get it done. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't have re-signed him if they didn't think so. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what what it seems like he's kind of morphing into and follow me here. Mm-hmm. They're different players. Yes. But he's kind of morphing into maybe like that Terrence Newman role. I was going to say perfect. Yep. Where it's just like they are very, very like just wily vets. Yeah, coach on the field. You yeah. know what I mean? They've they've adapted their game to, you know, how their athleticism has maybe kind of not I don't like to use the word decline because mm-hmm. I do think that they are still, you know, tip top athletically. Better athlete than me, that's for sure. But I do think that, you know, their athleticism has transitioned a bit. Mm-hmm. How about that word? Yeah. And I think that is something that they have just, as you said, found ways to just be smarter out there, put themselves in better positions so that they can make better plays. Because, you know, whereas in the past, if you make mistakes, your athleticism can make up for it. Now you you have to be smarter out there. You have to kind of, you know, play to your strengths a little bit more. And I think that's something that you see them kind of adapting to. And I think Peterson is kind of growing in that hoping to to just continue to grow as a player as he kind of learns himself in this new style of play that he has to adapt to you don't make it 10 plus years in the league by just doing the same thing over and over like they are learning now how to win up here right like with fundamentals and things like that not just relying on just pure raw physical talent and so much of having two smart veteran leaders like them is awfully important if you're going to bring in not one not two but three rookies into the secondary Mm -hmm. that you're expecting to come in and start or contribute right away not to mention a second year guy in Cam Bynum a third year guy in Cam Dantzler young guys helping those guys get acclimated and well versed with the speed and adjustment of the game is huge so now I for one don't expect that high Pro Bowl level of PP anymore. I think, again, his legs have regressed a little bit. They're not what they used to be. Not the same burst and acceleration to keep up with some of these young number one receivers, but still a a solid starter who is an asset. As you mentioned, Vikings wouldn't have offered him a deal if they didn't think he was going to be an asset on the field. But I'm not counting out Harrison Smith quite yet either. New defense, new coach, new system. Every year he just proves everybody wrong. They think this is the year he's going to take a step back. Never been the most, from a national standpoint, the best safety in the league. But all he does every year is put up 
number one, number two type safety numbers, I think he's still got some gas left in the tank, and pending how they use him. I mean, is it in a center field as a ball hawk? Is it at the line of scrimmage, almost like a fifth linebacker? I think if they maximize his skill set the right way, he's still going to be awfully good in this defense, even maybe playing at a Pro Bowl type of level. Yeah. You know what else is awfully good as well? Built Bar, made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible, provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Com. Back to PFF secondary rankings just for a second here. I'm just looking at the rest of the NFC North. Packers were fourth on the list. Lions at 25. Bears. <laughs> um, it's getting too easy, Reg. I'm starting to feel bad now. 31st on the list for Chicago. Yikes. But anyways, Packers with the top five secondary in the NFL now. How in the world did that happen? Like, I mean, just how good is this secondary actually? And how about their defensive unit as a whole? Man, look. If they are everything that they believe them to be, mm -hmm. they're going to be, like, some dudes. And I think, man, like, seeing what Rasul Douglas did last season. Yeah, that was a great and, get. Mm -hmm. And you pair him with Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and my boy, Jair Alexander. Like, Stud. These these guys are some like good luck, mm -hmm. you know. Like the the Vikings have them the very first game of the season, and that's going to be a great chess match to mm -hmm. see who's going to win these one on one matchups and how you know Kevin O'Connell is going to put this offense in position to succeed. When you got you know guys that are coming off the edge, you got you know a, a pretty stout front seven coming after Kirk Cousins, and he's going to have to try to find a way to get his his ball into the playmaker's hands. And now you got all these guys in coverage that are some of the top of their position. I think their ranking at number four is very fair because, like, this is one of the best units in football. Yeah, number fourth on the list, Ravens number one. Uh, that hurts a little bit. You know I wanted my boy Kyle Hamilton, obviously, with that draft pick. Tampa Bay Bucks at number two. Cleveland Browns, number three. Again, Packers four. Miami Dolphins, surprisingly, number five, rounding up the top five list. So going to be a lot of fun to watch and see unfold throughout the 2023 season. Again, 75 days until week one in the NFL until that kicks off. Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. All right. The time has come. My favorite segments here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, his favorite, Todd McShay. Way too early. 2023 oh, NFL mock draft. Oh, Bear with me, Reggie. It's the middle of June here. We're already pulling out NFL mock drafts. All right. McShay's mock was released today. Vikings select... North Carolina wideout Josh Downs with the 21st pick. Given their depth and age of players at their given positions, what does it mean when trying to predict, you know, which positions are most likely going to be the Vikings' biggest needs heading into the draft next season? You know, next season, a mock draft with a <laughs> wide receiver? Does he watch ball, bro? Like, what oh, is he man. doing? What is he doing? Uh, what are we doing? When predicting which positions are most likely going to be the Vikings' biggest needs next season, how are we to know, Luke? Mm. How are we to know? Like, you 
This it's almost is, like he's just going BPA. Like, the, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to need. Just best, player best player available, available. with some guys that, yeah. that you haven't even seen play this season right, yet. Right, Like, why are we doing this? Way too early mock draft. Yes, it is way too early. Okay, all right. If we're going to play the game, okay, how about someone – uh, on the offensive or defensive line, like you, you can never go wrong. There, there you go. Right, someone you know? in the trenches. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. there. Maybe another tackle. I don't, I don't know. Like, but then you know, you hope to see uh, the 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 two bookends really. You know, Darisaw and O'Neal mm-hmm. like really flourish this season in this new offense. And then you don't. Maybe if they're if they're picking in the in the later part of the the twenties or close to thirty, maybe. Maybe you take another guard or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. a nose tackle is there. I don't know. Like, why are we doing this right now? This is what crazy you, that he already doing? has a mock draft out for next season, and we haven't even seen this season's draft picks play yet. You know, after I read it, I looked into Josh Downs a little bit. I mm-hmm. get it. 101 receptions, over 1,500 yards, eight TDs. Okay, Adam Thielen get a little long in the tooth. You need three great wide receivers in this league. We'll see how guys like Amir Smith-Marset, B.C. Johnson, Jalen Naylor, the rookie, yeah. uh, Albert Wilson, the free agent, plays out. But having three stud wide receivers, pretty important in today's NFL in that pass-happy offense. I'll give you another one, though, I'm pretty intrigued in because when I look at Obviously, the depth chart as it sits today, we talk a lot about tight end. Irv Smith, a lot of pressure on him to not only stay healthy, mm-hmm. but if he does and he plays well, then the Vikings got to pay him because he's going to be a free agent. Well, there's a stud coming out from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. And Hi, he's clearly, I covered him in high school. What? Another they stud? Call him, they call him the NKY Northern Kentucky Gronk. Wow, baby Gronk. That's what it yeah. says in the article, baby yeah. Gronk. I mean, that would be a perfect situation to come he's been into, that man. Big, he's been that big since he was 12. You're like, kidding. One of those guys. Is just a stud. He looks like a grown man when he was 16 years old. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, what steel oh. mill do you work at? Yeah, what's in the water over there? Yeah, what's in in the water over there, man? Probably one of those kids that never ate a vegetable or a fruit in his life. Just got yoked and stacked off gushers and fruit by the foot and Fanta orange soda. Are you kidding me? But I tell you, though, looking at that, Luke, like, Michael Mayer is going to be a top 10 pick. He's not lasting. Like, if the Vikings have a great season and they're Mm -hmm. picking in the 20s or something like that, Mm -hmm. he's not lasting to them. He's going to be gone. You see it once in a while. Tight end, usually not in the top 10 unless a blue chip comes out. Eric Ebron came out. Kyle Pitts went, what, fourth overall, something like that. Michael Mayer could be in that discussion, and I think he sits here today, mocked to the Cincinnati Bengals and Todd McShay's mock at 15. But as we get closer, you see Notre Dame this season. I think you're right. He could definitely easily from a talent perspective no question belongs in that top 10 so that's gonna be a lot of fun to see how all that plays out for sure but also uh, if yeah. the vikings are in a position where they are taking tight end yeah in the first round of yeah. the draft that means they had a great season last yeah. year yeah no you're right absolutely kind of a luxury selection for sure and again gotta see how this irv smith situation plays out i know one thing though i bet you michael mayer uses rock auto <laughs> Rock Auto, family surf business, serving do-it-yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years, reliably low prices, 
brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com today. That's rockauto.com. All right, next one up. What does it mean? Now that the NBA draft dust has started to settle here a little bit, Wolves drafting four new young talents. You're going to go talk to two of them today. We'll see that up on Care 11 tonight. What does it mean for the future of D'Angelo Russell, Minnesota? A lot of drama going on right now. Is he more likely to stay or go from what we know now after the draft? You know, if someone calls and says, let's make a deal mm-hmm. with Wayne Brady, you know, <laughs> I think I think they listen. But from all the conversations that we've had with president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly, I don't think he plans on moving D'Lo. And it's just weird because D'Lo is one of those players who, you know, he has immense talent. Mm-hmm. But sometimes up here is just not always there. Sure. And, yep. and sometimes like. He's just so inconsistent and so streaky as a shooter. And, you know, you talk about basketball IQ guys, and you want guys with high basketball IQ out there on the floor. And sometimes he doesn't necessarily exhibit as much as you would like to see him out there. And I think all that stuff will be out of the window if some of those, like, shots that maybe you would think are ill-advised actually go down. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, no, no, why are you taking that shot? Oh, okay, it's all good. Oh, he okay, made it. y'all good. Okay, yeah. cool, he's good. But, like, there were some times, especially in the playoffs, where he was, like, taking some just ill-advised shots and they just weren't going in. And you're just like, what are we doing out here? What are we doing? But then, like, you look at games like the play-in game mm-hmm. and he was – fantastic like he was lights out and it's just like we want to see more of those type of games than some of the other type of games because there are some games where he just goes silent like you don't hear much from him you don't see much from him and I think from a consistency standpoint they need a little bit more from him moving forward especially if they want to take the next step as a basketball team they brought him here you know, paying them a lot of money, paying them, you know, max dollars to contribute out there. Really, when they brought them here, they brought them here to be, you know, one of the top options out there on the floor. And what you want to see is him realizing the potential of them bringing him to Minnesota. And it just, you just haven't seen it at a consistent level yet. And so, like I said, with the phone calls and a, and a deal is good to be made, like, Okay, yeah, let's do that. But I think there is something to be said, too, about a guy just kind of giving giving him some time and allowing him to really kind of get his sea legs under him a little mm-hmm. bit and, and just get established because you look at it. Started with the Lakers, Brooklyn, Golden State, now Minnesota. Like, he really hasn't gotten a chance to really, like, establish himself anywhere. You know, he had the great season in Brooklyn and then ended up – you know, parlaying that into the the big deal with Golden State. But then mm-hmm. less than a half a season, they're like, ah, let's try something different. We're going to trade you for Andrew Wiggins. And now, you know, he's trying to figure out life in Minnesota. But I think fans are like, well, okay, like it's time. Like this, you're going into your third season with the Wolves, like put up a shut up time. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is the year that you know, if they do go ahead and hold on to him and, you know, the Knicks don't, you know, come barking enough for, you know, a deal, I think they they really try to see what they have in him and if it's going to work long term. And after this season, they'll have a big decision to make. You're right. He was brought in to be one of the big three. And yeah. he flashes it. 
but it's only every fourth, fifth game. Like, remember when we were previewing that Memphis series, almost every game, game one, game two, game three, I was going, all right, who's going to be the X Factor tonight? And I always predict D'Angelo Russell. He, he mm-hmm. was great against Memphis all season. He's going to show up. He's going to ball up 28 points, 12 boards, unit, 12 assists. Never showed up. When Cat's getting in foul trouble, you know, or Ant just having an off game going through those you know young progression slumps or, or whatever it may be D'Lo has to be the guy there's nobody else and he just couldn't be counted on last year so hoping yeah. again that this is maybe the light that switches here finally and he turns it on if he is in fact a Minnesota Timberwolf when this is all said and done yeah got 30 seconds left I'm going to improv one they bring in Walker Kessler the big man they needed another big body a rim protector does that mean, though, that they won't look in free agency for maybe another big man? No, I think everything is on the table with that. You you know, uh, Tim Connolly said that you don't necessarily draft for the now. So mm-hmm. I don't think they really, really expect Kessler to come in and just be a guy that you rely on for deep minutes right off the bat. And so what that means is you do take a look at free agency and see who it is that you can bring in to pair with, you know, guys like Vanderbilt and Nas Reed because the disparity on the boards, especially in the postseason, was so glaring that you have to do something to address it. And, you know, drafting guys like Moore and – Manat and mm-hmm. uh, Kessler, you know, th- that helps. But I don't think you are really expecting them to contribute like that right off the bat. I think you do look at free agency and see who you can bring over to just be kind of a bruiser, a guy that could extend possessions by grabbing boards off the rebound and and really helping guys, you know, get shots back up to, you know, when you're looking at those second chance points. And so, you take a look at free agency, see who's out there, see who you can get, you know, with how you are with the cap and and really kind of go from there. But they have to do something different. And, you know, relying on rooks is just not necessarily the best recipe for success, especially with the success that they had last season and trying to improve on that. Rookie introductory press conferences today. You can check out Reggie. He'll be there up on CARE 11 tonight. Make sure you check out that for sure. That's a wrap for Superior Sports Talk. Back here tomorrow, breaking out more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast at Free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.